Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. All right. Good to see you guys. I know we're a little light this morning, but that's all good. Okay. It's good to see still new faces and faces coming back. And that's such a treat for me to be able to see that. And then, of course, those of you on Zoom land, good to see you also uh, via Zoom <laughs> this morning. Praying for you. Uh, if you're having to stay away uh, for those things that Marcus had mentioned, we do want to, like he said, you know, it, it was kind of on the way out. Uh, but this all church retreat must be special because the attack is just rampant right now. Of course, a week before and all that. And so just really be praying, really be sensitive to that. You may have to kind of just take it all in. And don't respond right away. Maybe don't make any big decisions. Just take in whatever it is that the Lord has given you. Try to enjoy that. Stay on course. And then let's let's try to have a good time when we get down there. Okay. So, you know, we've been in Acts chapter 13. I actually do intend to try to finish this before 36 years. Okay. So my pace is kind of like Sam's pace right now. We got to pick it up. We're in a race. <laughs> but no, it's been good. I've been really enjoying just the time of study here. And I pray that there's something encouraging that I really want you to just look at. So we got to pick up from where we left off. And the last thing that we were looking at from uh, the last time we were together was just, it was really the terms of the gospel. And if we kind of go through that again, we'll just revisit it. You know, my I had three key, key verses there the second key verse is verse 26, and that says, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God to you is the word of this salvation sent. And so there is this, this idea that uh, the gospel is going to be presented. And there's another layer, another aspect of that that I really want to focus on this morning. But before we get to that, we saw that Jesus was sinless in verses uh, 27. And 28, it says, for they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voice of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. So you see there that condemning is, 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 uh, is taking place. We see also in 28 that he was crucified. In 28, it says that they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they Pilate that he should be slain. Okay. And so we see that our Lord was crucified. And then in 29, Jesus was buried. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulcher. And then in verse 30 and 31, that he was resurrected. It says, but God raised him from the dead and he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And so right there, in terms of just seeing these gospel things, you're, you're looking at Paul and Barnabas doing their due diligence to make sure that they uh, uh, communicate those terms of the gospel so that the Jews that are listening, the proselytes that are listening and the Gentiles that are in place, now it's decision time, right? But he goes on to say some other kind of key things. One, that we are learning to say and really our heart position is that it's good news. Like, I think the one thing in terms of us stewarding the gospel, whether it's in this fellowship or the rest of the fellowships, we have to understand that when we're delivering it, we, it is good news. 
It is the best news that we can possibly give somebody. It is going to be the answer to all of their issues. And so we need to treat it as such because it is so. And here's what it says. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, and that he raised up Jesus again, as it also, excuse me, as it also is also written in the second Psalm. Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Okay, and so now we're right on the cusp of this critical verse here, kind of really just where I want to focus because I really want to encourage you. I feel like in our class, just, you know, honestly, and this is a, a, our, our private space, obviously it's not private because of Zoom, but <laughs> in our private space, there's just, there's a lot happening. There are a lot of people dealing with different things or different illnesses, just trouble of the mind maybe wanting to fall back and to, you know, maybe give up even. And so, man, I, just feeling those things, hearing those things, as I get report back from Serene, you know, with the ladies or ladies that I've talked to personally or the fellas that I've talked to personally or, and obviously, you know, don't, don't, don't look at the seats that are missing today. Today is a little unique, but, man, we need to be encouraged in the word. And we need to be encouraged with this aspect. In verse 34, it says this. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. And so it is with that verse, these sure mercies, we kind of have to examine them a bit. One of the things about this is that there is an everlasting covenant that has taken place with this, these mercies that are given to David. And you might just on the surface think, well, this is only for David, one, or only for Israel. But let me assure you, you can be encouraged with this as well. See, it's a promise to David of fellowship, a promise to Israel of the Messiah, and a promise to the world for faith through Jesus Christ. So all of those things are incredible. And the Lord made good on the one in terms of the fellowship relationship he had with David. It is yet to be revealed still that our Lord will physically sit on a throne. And so for Israel, that is hopeful. But right now I can live in the present state of there is salvation for me and an everlasting covenant, which the Lord does not mean to break whatsoever. And so I think the idea that we have to at least consider is, am I encouraged by that at all this morning, facing the things that I'm facing? The things that I'm looking at, am I, am I over that, the fact that I'm good with God through Jesus Christ? That I have him forever, that nothing can separate that, that he is mine and I am his. Because I'm telling you, the circumstances by which we are facing this week may be trying to tell you something else. Man, you need to be here on Tuesday. You need to be here for ACR this week. If you feel like there is any fire underneath your feet from circumstances that you got going on, man, I'm telling you, lean into the Lord. See, Brother James tried to help us in terms of the viewpoint of affliction. But now the thing that I, I want to tell you is, listen, don't just look at the things for David and go, that's great for David and Israel, as if the Lord has left us out. 
He has not left us out. He has not left us hanging. Let me assure you, Isaiah 55, three through nine. And I, forgive me, was not good. I'm gonna turn there or, or whatever you call this digitally. <laughs> Because I actually want to start in verse one. I meant to, I meant to uh, copy that in. Because it kind of just sets the tone for something that maybe I need to hear. Maybe I need to know just how the Lord is drawing me to him. Because, man, listen, afflictions are going to come. And now you've been, you have your keys in terms of how to deal with those things. You know, Brother James gave us those keys. They're not going to end just because you know the keys, okay? So you, you still will have to make a hard decision. Let's read it. Isaiah 55, 1 through 9 says this. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the water. Okay, listen. It just, it already started off good enough to just, we can, all right, let's just go home. See ya. Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without honey and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me. And I love that. And eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. That just sounds good. It sounds like barbecue, actually. That's kind of what in my head, <laughs> let your soul delight. That's how I, I feel when I eat barbecue. I let my soul delight in the fatness of that. <laughs> but this is greater. This has greater implications. And then it says something very important. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him... For a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Don't miss it. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And this is, listen, this is the key. This is where mentally we gotta, we have to be in order to just kind of navigate this awkward space that we're in. If we're gonna have these keys, we're gonna look at those things that we saw last week. We have to understand something right up front for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither your ways, my ways, saith the Lord. And then I love this, just in terms of the measurement of that. The Lord says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. I want to I suggest something today to you. Perhaps the problem is you're not even thinking right, period. I mean, just like the whole scope of how you are seeing what's happening to you, what's going on. That starts here. You realize that. And the next place that will transition to is here and then here, you will do something. Guys, listen, if we don't know anything about David, King David, 
and everything that he did, he constantly leaned into the Lord. How does he do that? Because he knows the Lord's going nowhere. He's looking for him. When I lean, I, it's a trust fall that I know is always going to work out. And so these mercies, when it's talking about that, and the Bible describes them this way, loving kindness, goodness, faithfulness, promises specifically to David, of course, which we saw carried out. Man, this is the heart, the viewpoint that the Lord has for you this morning, this loving kindness, this goodness. And of course, he is faithful. He's made promises to you. Now, I don't want to, I have maybe <laughs> sandpapery in the past have said, I don't care what you're going through. No, I do care. It concerns me. As the leader of this fellowship, I'm troubled that we're having so much trouble as a class. And um, my heart breaks, but I was encouraged looking at this, like just asking myself even, do I, do I, am I hopeful as a result of, this covenant relationship we have, do I even think of it in those terms? I know I'm good, but do I look at it like there's a contract that essentially the Lord has framed and put up, said, there it is. Never again will you be for me. Because if I thought that way, then surely when I have these little tremors of trouble, it would just be like, man, big deal. I got the Lord. He's with me. And so this is how I want to, the framework of the rest of, the, of, of this chapter, Acts 13. Forget not to follow up to see the fruit of unbelief, the fruit of belief, and then to follow through. If we're going to have this everlasting covenant that the Lord has now engaged with those of us that have put our trust in Jesus Christ now, just scanning the room. I know every person in here, and I've heard you give testimony of uh, your profession of faith. And so to you, what this means is when you are having issues that you go back to it. You have to revisit this. You will have to address what it is that is troubling you in such a way that you say, I have the Lord. I can face anything that the Lord may allow me to face, whatever it may be. That doesn't mean that I won't need prayer. That doesn't mean I won't need encouragement, but it does mean I can face it, okay? That's huge. Because I know, like I said, some of us are going through some very difficult things, or you've just been in a season that just seems like you can't get over the hump. So forget not, when we look at so he laid out that and he said, you know, what he said, and I will give you the short mercy of David. And then he says, wherefore, to connect those two verses, he says, he saith also in another song, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Now, this is really critical because when it's the word corruption here, it's like decay. So, yes, we know that our Lord died, but he didn't decay. Okay. And so I love that he makes a comparison between David and Jesus here. In verse 36, he says, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. 
So just categorically, we could say God had, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, that David served, died, was laid with his fathers, and then decayed. Okay, we all together. I just shortened it for you, just so it could be short in your mind. Okay, verse 37. But he whom God raised again saw no, cor no corruption. Okay, God also had Jesus to serve. There's an implication of service there for him. He died, but here's the difference. Was revived by his father, no decay. So he needs to lay this foundation in terms of if I'm a Jew, I'm thinking about David. Man, David, that's the best king that we've ever had. And if I'm a little fuzzy on whether or not the cat that we just crucified not too long ago was the, the Messiah, uh, well, you just proved the point. So look at that comparison again. Both David and the Lord served. Both of them died. One was laid with his fathers. The other was revived by his father. That resurrection is super important. You don't have an everlasting nothing without the resurrection. You understand that? See, this is why you can have hope because the resurrection is legit, it's true. No decay. And so here it is. There's a transition that Paul is wanting to make a connection for those individuals that, hey, the Lord is a better option. Hebrews 7.22, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Guys, listen, we are good with the Lord, not a Lord or some Lord, the meaning there is only one. And to this point, we have to at least look at it in Isaiah 9, 6 uh, through 7. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it, establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. That's who I'm connected to. That's who I'm connected to. I'm not connected to the circumstances, situation that I kind of have facing in my life right now. If any of you of my guys in the Bible study just know the trouble I've had in some way that is silly by comparison to others, but still no less something that I have lost sleep over, <laughs> right? That I've had to just like, Lord, please help this situation. And then of course, as fellowship leader, well, everything you go through, I'm feeling that anyway. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Man, yeah, that's encouraging for Israel. It's encouraging for me. I think it's something we can't lose sight of. And his mention of it here is just so interesting. Forget not what it is, Israel, that you said that you are looking for, because I'm telling you, Jesus is the Messiah. He crucified him. He's been resurrected. And if you put your trust in him, you will be good with God forever. It's fantastic. 
In verse 38, it says, Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. So listen, we all have to take heed. Through Jesus' resurrected life, we have this forgiveness of our sins. And by him that all believe are justified from all things from which you cannot be justified by the law of Moses. And but here, now listen, this is where it just starts to get uncomfortable because it's all good. We're on this roller coaster ride and we're up. But then it says something very interesting in verse 40. Beware, therefore, lest thou come upon you, which is spoken of in the prophets. Man, listen. The enemy of interacting with the Lord's mercy is unbelief. You are going to have to start seeing that as unbelief. At this point, there is no reason for us to question the Lord's ability to resolve the things that we have going on. I'm simply in a place of unbelief. That is what I have to just come there. It is absolutely the enemy of it. You don't, because listen, the thing about mercy is it's towards you. But if you don't believe he can, how do you, you don't feel that. The lost world walks around the whole time not knowing that the fact that they have breath, they get to go and they have business and do all their things and, and even have success and they just ignore the Lord the whole way. That should not be the case for us. It should not be the case for us. The enemy of engaging to the Lord's mercy is unbelief. Listen to Jesus' statement on unbelief. Matthew 17, 20 says, and Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove thence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Can you say this morning that what you are maybe going through, some of you, that it's not impossible, that you just haven't already deemed it? This is impossible. You just said it to yourself. You looked in the mirror. This is impossible. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is impossible. There's a position that the Lord has already said, though, in terms of faith. I mean, we got to boil it down to just the nuts and bolts of how we think. What do we want him to do, juggle? Wasn't the crucifixion enough? The resurrection, how many, do we know people that have done this? It's settled. And yet I find myself even unsettled by the things that come my way as if somehow that my contract got a, a tear in it. My contract is not, is, it is encased. 41, shouldn't have to be said. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. Man, God is saying here, I, I'm, I'm doing a work in your days. Boy, <laughs> do you see him at work, y'all? You're not just getting thrown around as if the Lord has you by the ankles and is just tossing you around like this. Really, it's like this. I got you. Hey, just keep walking. And then, you know, but there's some resistance on our part. Man, I, it's sad to me when he says, for our work or work in your days, a work which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. 
there's a there's an unbelief that shows up on us that just shuts down what it is and all the advances that the Lord makes towards us. I mean, we have to be honest. As much as the Lord says, seek ye, he has put himself up front. He's the first one that said, I love you. You know how like in relationships, it's like always, oh, I don't want to say it first. There was no trouble with me. I just told Serene. I don't even remember how I was. It was probably uneventful. I've loved her for a long time, since high school probably. And so it was easy to transition to, <laughs> you know, hey, I love you. And, and I heard it back. I didn't get ditto, thank the Lord. <laughs> See, listen, we got to understand what, though a man declared to you, there is something that the Lord is implying that that person is reputable. If they are bringing those glad tidings to you, there is something reputable about that man. So now I'm saying to you now, in this day and age, believer, there are things that are reputable to you now also. The word, the Holy Spirit, preachers, spiritually mature. So how are you doing listening to them? How are you doing listening to them? My key question here right now, all I, I just have questions for you because you know what? I, you, you, I can't, I can't do it for you. I want to, but I can't. I can't be your Holy Spirit. I hate watching you suffer. I do. I hate it when you don't have victory. I hate that the kids don't listen. Spouses aren't encouraging. They don't follow you. I hate it. It breaks my heart. I think about it probably way too often. It just crosses my mind. And the only thing I can do is give it to the Father, right? What am I going to do with it? Just It's a weight that I can't carry. So the question is this, has your hope diminished due to unbelief? If I said forget not, and I read to you the awesomeness by which we have yet to see when he will be on his throne in Jerusalem, and the greatness of that, we have a hope looking forward to that. We have a hope looking forward to him to come and get us. Like that's soon. I mean, anytime, Lord, you're, we are ready. The next day that it's like 97, Lord, before then, <laughs> right? Like before then, we don't even, just get us in the night, let's go. Has your hope diminished due to unbelief? Is there some part, some segment, some, some attitude that you just still carry on to because you don't think the Lord can? You don't think the Lord wants to. You don't think the Lord sees it. It's not a hard question. You have those things that are giving you truth. Your word, the Holy Spirit, preachers, spiritually mature, disciplers. Where's your hope, believer? 42 to 43 is the follow-up. If we had forget not that everlasting covenant, then I need to follow up on it. In verse 42, it says this, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Hey, that's some good teaching. I don't understand it. <laughs> Tell me next week. <laughs> some Jews heard that and ignored it. Just like the scripture said. 
Verse 43, it says, Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, I love this, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Listen, you got to follow up on your everlasting covenant. And so my key question to you is this, how is your hunger for the things of God this morning? Are you really actually looking forward to Tuesday night? Now, listen, I... There's a, a, a little bit of a mixture. So, you know, in my small group that we get together, we um, sit together and we pray together. And I very much look forward to that. But after that happens, the word of God is taught. I am looking for Sam or whoever's going to speak to give me something. When I come in here, it's not just to fulfill the obligation of this pulpit, when Brother Miles, if you didn't know, yes, we're going to be blessed this morning. Brother Miles is going to be teaching main service. Looking forward to that. Um, be praying for him. Think about it. I'm look, Miles has something that the Lord gave him that I got to have. I don't care how old he is. I don't care what position he has. This is the place where we come with expectation. Lord, I, I need something. Listen, this is not a social club. This is not some sort of place where we just meet out of obligation. Man, God forbid that that would ever be the case. But again, we can just phone it in and it just starts happening in this weird way. When you don't have, when you're not in, in, in tune with the fact that things are good between you and the Lord, man, Anything, you just, I mean, you know, you just, everything, you just numb to it. You read the word, it's kind of stale. You, you spend time at church, you're like, oh, I've kind of heard that before. I'm kind of over it. Listen, there's never a point. Even when I, you guys remember just to where I'm at now. There was a young man that was in Jeff's class, Jeff Gracier's class, that was talking about his uh, Bible study. Yellow shirt on. And I was thinking, <laughs> it ministered to me so much that he was talking about, like, I don't know what I'm doing, and they asked me to do it, and then I just decided to do it, and from a position of faith, it's growing, and I, and I was like, that sounds like me, and he's like, he could be my son. That's what I'm saying. I don't come here like I used to, not here, but used to back in the day where if there was kids, anything on stage, I'm tuned out. I might not even walk in. I just look in, oh, Sky Kid, nope, see ya. <laughs> and I love those productions. If you miss the Sky Kids production, that's like Broadway for kids. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, I would just, because Serena and I don't have kids, why do I care? I like being Uncle Dale. That's, you play with them, give them back. See you later. <laughs> Right? And so, but that kid, man, I was encouraged. We could talk about some things because even though I could say bigger words, we could say the same things. Man, does that happen to you in this place? See, I don't, there's too much at stake for our church to just phone it in or for us to pick the best preachers to be a part of their classes. Boy, that just, that's awful. <laughs> when we get to that point, who's the bet? Who cares? It's the word of God. 
How is your hunger for the things of God? In 2 Peter 3, 14 and 18, let me help you sort this out. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. I love that. I love that play on words. He said, look, be diligent, and the Lord's looking back. He finds you. That's awesome. <laughs> That's how that hunger's got to be. That you may be found of him in peace. What else? Without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. You see, here it is. That's that. I Follow up. If you don't know, keep coming. Get equipped. Verse 17, ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Listen, that is absolutely my heart for this class, that we would continue in steadfastness. Guys, we have navigated three different locations to meet at and could be with this church two or three more who knows it doesn't matter right and 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 pretty much we've stayed together and we've even added some so how are we going to encourage the new faces that we have if i'm not steadfast if i forget that i'm in an everlasting covenant that can't be broken that the lord has framed on the wall looks at with gladness, not like I got uh, buyer's remorse. That's not his view. <laughs> I act like it sometimes. He might have buyer's remorse, but he doesn't. That's not his view. That's not his view. You're in. Your steadfastness is at stake. And if you let your flesh, the world and the devil dictate the, the appetite for the things of God in your mouth. Man, I'm telling you, you are, it's trouble coming. I'm begging you to do whatever you need to do, whether that's meet with me, being here consistently, be at prayer. If you're a guy, hey, I haven't gotten coordinated yet. It's always like last minute, but... Essentially, with the guys, we would love to add more guys to the time that we pray on Tuesday nights. Now, we should probably make a schedule because I want to sit with Serene sometimes and pray with her. But I love praying with the guys. Maybe you need to come and be a part of that. Maybe you need to be refreshed by that. Ladies, Serene does a kind of a similar thing, and I don't know the details about it because it's for the ladies, and so you can ask her. But maybe you need to do that. Let's be hungry together. Remember what the model of the class is. Nobody remembers what the model of the class is. <laughs> Nobody. Sean does just because he asked me about it this week. <laughs> and he probably could. Can you recite it? Learn together, together. Yeah, that's it. That's it. 
Learn together, burden together, work together. The whole thing is that we do it together. I, want, I, I love seeing y'all. Stop missing in action. Be around. Let's enjoy this. Let's do this. Let's learn some things so we can continue in steadfastness. The next section we want to look at is 44 through 47. This is the fruit of unbelief. This is just ugly. Because now, okay, listen. So on the lost person's side, when they reject the mercy that the Lord is extending to them of Jesus Christ, this is what it can turn into. Let's read 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Can you imagine that? Like all of Kansas City, like almost all of Kansas City, even when the Royals won, because that was bigger than the Chiefs won, it still wasn't everybody. That's insane. <laughs> Just to think, the excitement, there's a buzz. Hey, man, you going to hear Paul and Barnabas talk about the gospel? <laughs> we didn't all gather for the royals, which are dearly beloved in this town. If you said the gospel, it would surely be fewer individuals <laughs> for that. And the next Sabbath day, they came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, here it is, here it is. They were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. See, okay, you don't get to just be neutral by ignoring that covenant. It will lead somewhere. And this is the fruit of that. This is how we get this craziness where people are sitting next to you and they end up saying weird things. And the next thing you know, they're trying to draw you out into their nonsense doctrine. Listen, man, listen, you got to be steadfast and know where you stand because there is surely somebody waiting to tell you something else. They spake against the words contradicted it, blasphemed it. Man, listen, how disrespectful is that when part of this covenant is, is an encouragement to them that their Messiah will sit on the throne? I mean, super disrespectful. But we can do the same thing. The power of our mouth can destroy churches. Listen, when you start feeling like you're getting a little sideways, talk to the leaders. Talk to the leaders. And then keep your mouth closed. Maybe you're working through some things, you're sorting some things out and all of that. And so, okay, talk to the leaders. Let them help you process what it is you're thinking, what it is you're seeing. Ask them questions. Man, these brothers and sisters that I have served with the entire time that I've been in this church love you. Do you know how much it breaks their heart when people leave this church because they are all jacked up on something and now they're sowing seeds of discord? Do you, do you think that we have some kind of flippant attitude that's like, well, good riddance? No, because the Lord bled and died for you.
I don't want to be away from my brothers and sisters. But you must stop your mouth on this, these issues. I'm not saying anybody in here, but I'm just saying, if you kind of feel like you, you, you're getting down that track, there's a fruit of unbelief. If you continue to think that the Lord is incapable, there, you, don't, you won't just stay right there. You just, it's a slide. Verse 46, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold. I love it. Thank you. And said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you have put it from you. And listen to this. Listen to this. And judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Oh, my God. Listen. Oh, my God. Okay. This is so huge for me. Because it feels the same way when we're in these counseling sessions with individuals and we're trying to show them from scripture, or sometimes we're just like, hey, just, just come back next week. It's okay, just, I know you got your thoughts, just, just come back. You, like, do you like being miserable? <laughs> Unworthy, like you have deemed yourself, I don't, I don't want everlasting life. I want to be opposed to this gospel that gives me eternal life. That doesn't make good sense. But it's something that we do. Guys, we have a thing in us in this flesh of ours and even the lies of the devil that can make you a, 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 a what is it, a, a saboteur? That's what that is, saboteur. <laughs> I had to check with my brother because he's smart. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to be anywhere near that. In verse 47, it says, For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, talking about Paul and, and Barnabas, that thou shouldest be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Man. So my question right here is, has your misery become comfortable? Are you so, or is when people ask you how you're doing, you're going to give them the truth to some degree that that's good. You're not faking it. But when you do, it is like uh, vomit. And some people, that's the only testimony of the Lord they have. That's the only thing they're going to bring up is what the Lord isn't doing. Where they are not content. Where he lacks There is a fruit to unbelief. But listen, there's a simpler one. There's the fruit of belief. In 48, it says this very simply. And, the, and when the Gentiles heard this, what happened? They were glad. <laughs> they were glad. Something else happened as a byproduct of them being glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many were ordained to eternal life, believed. Like that's, that's the simple answer. In Romans 15, 9 through 13, it says this, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. See, I, see you, thought, you thought I wouldn't come back to that. No, we back. We back, baby. It's that mercy. See, I think for us, we get it. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, I could, there's a whole lot of the Bible that would put me out. And then when I get 
when it was time for me to really meet the Lord, it was like, yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, okay, yep, check, check. Let's do this, Jim. What are you waiting on? We got to kneel. What are we doing? I, let's go. And that the Gentiles, Ordell, or put yourself there, might glorify God for his mercy. Absolutely, I will. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope, Man, we got mercy in here. We got rejoice. We got hope. This is a great set of verses. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. This covenant you are in matters very much. And so now what I'm what I'm wanting you to consider is this. You have absolutely got to. Change what you've been saying, how you've been thinking. Let Listen, when somebody asks you how you're doing, just if all you can say is praise the Lord because you and the Lord are sorting that out, that is the right answer. That absolutely is the right answer. Even as a leader, I don't. sometimes you and the Lord have to sort that out. It's very easy to just dump things on people and then like you're not going to handle it. That's your mess. I'm not the Holy Spirit for you. None of the leaders are. So you got to do it. And you have a Lord that has sealed you. Sealed you. In an everlasting way. I can't rejoice from that place alone, just simply from that. If, the, if I go out there and a bus comes by and just takes Brother Dale on out, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for a lot of reasons, because I'm going to see Jesus. I don't have to go to work at that place. I will be going to work in heaven. That will be far better. I will have some abs, probably. I'm guessing. Right? It's going to be a good time. I get to see my grandma. Like, there's a lot of people. I will see, Moses, I, man, I want to carve out some time. Brother, you really minister. I need to talk to you. Can, let's just, can we just talk? I just want to talk to you. Sure, Dale, get in line. There's a million people in line. <laughs> so, listen, can we rejoice? Can we turn that venom that comes out of our mouths into rejoicing? When somebody asks, can I just simply say, God is at work in my life, pray for me? God is good. Can we just simply say that? I just gave you a script to follow. But now here's the thing. You got to own that on your heart. Because remember, if you don't believe, you just pushed off that mercy. And now I want whatever I can get from me. And I'm telling you, if, apart from the Lord, it is nothing good waiting for you. The enemy will destroy you. That is his intention. To take your testimony. Because why is this dirt bag get all the glory? I'm made, I look better. Why are you, you died for them? You gave them that? Look at what they're doing. And the Lord just goes, talk to the hand, man. 
Your day's coming too, by the way, just so you know. Like, come on, man. We can rejoice. We can open our mouths in that way. And so the last thing is this, to follow through. We got to follow through. 49 through 52. If we're going to actually be encouraged by that everlasting covenant that was a promise to David, a promise to Israel, and a promise to those that will put their trust in Jesus Christ, I got to follow through. Verse 49, and when the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region, excuse me, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men in the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. These guys didn't tremble. They didn't quit. They pressed on to the next city. And it was good with God and it was good with them. And I'm telling you, what you're going to have to do now is not just be the person that is in these awkward places, but you have to be about the business of transferring the thing that the Lord has given you. If you don't share that with people, you will be a mess. Because that's not what you were designed to do. You weren't designed to just bottle it up. Part of the misery is, is like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm miserable because I'm not at work. Because when you are at work, when you are investing in the souls of men and women through the gospel or through discipleship, despite whatever you're going through, man, I'm telling you, it, it's the thing that just keeps you together. Do you listen? I'm gonna tell you something that is the secret to my success or faithfulness. The Lord saved my soul, but faith fellowship saves my life. Because I have to get right. By the time I get up here with the Lord, I have to be right with Him. I can't say anything that He has to give me without it. So when you opt out of being active in the work of the mission, you don't get that. Does that make sense to you? I don't care from Kid Town to all the way up to Sam. That work and getting to that work keeps you. Because I tremble at the notion I'm going to get up here and start dancing around and saying crazy stuff and trying to be funny. No, man, listen, this is the word of God. I, I have to tremble at the opportunity that the Lord gives me. I'm not good at any of it. So my work is I got to grind, grind, grind. It's all hard for me. And the Lord is like, I'm with you. Let's go. That's why I'm encouraged. Because I look at, he's using me, a clown. <laughs> and he's like, man, you my clown though. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, dad. It's good when your dad says he loves you. It's good when he validates you. Guys, I'm, I'm wanting you to be encouraged this morning that you got to be okay with, you might not get man's validation. But if you are saved, you got the Lord's validation, the Lord. And whatever it is that he wants to give you, he'll give you. But if you don't have it, he don't want you to have it right now. So just go through whatever you're going through. Do the work. The whole model in this class is that we do it together. I know you don't know. I know you don't know how. 
I'm still going to ask you to be a part, though. I know you're wrestling with this, that, or the other, but I'm still going to say, hey, stick with me. I tell my guys that all the time. Stick with me. Because I love the company. One, I'm not claustrophobic, so you can get close. <laughs> so get close. Here's the solutions. All I gave you was questions before, but here's the solutions. Remember the goodness of God, forget not. Remember the goodness of God. He is good. James touched on this last time that can you just say, just, uh, just wake up in the morning, you yawn, it might be achy, depending on if you after 40, then it's, uh, you know, I get it. Sometimes you're like, where is that? Why is that? <laughs> it's good, God is good. I feel like the tin man. I need some oil. <laughs> On the follow-up, you got to get equipped. Read, pray, fellowship, repeat. Church is no longer optional for you if you're going to have success. You got to be here. You know why? Because the word of God is taught here. That's why. It can't be the thing you fit into your schedule. It's the Lord's house that we're talking about. Read, pray, fellowship, repeat, and then just keep doing it and just watch what happens. On the fruit of unbelief, stop your mouth. That's really simple. Study to be quiet. Talk to a leader, but be quiet because we don't have to throw you out of here. That's a terrible day for us, but we will. We can't have seeds of discord in this place. And again, not that any of you are doing that, but I need to put the fear of God in you. We're not playing games with that. Fruit of belief, choose to rejoice. Choose to rejoice. It's your choice. This is the thing you got to understand. The circumstances don't dictate the outcomes. You do. So choose. Choose to rejoice. And the last thing, follow through, preach the word. However that is, you know, I'm always talking about different ways you can get equipped and you can, or I'm sorry that you can help out. This year should be the year, literally everybody in class, there's space for you to do something in here or in church. And you can talk to me. Actually, you can talk to Brother Rashawn, who is the class manager. Because we got to get you plugged in, in here. We got to get you on a rotation so that I don't have to see my brother's lovely face. <laughs> Every week, right? Somebody needs to be downstairs watching the door. Somebody got to make sure we got coffee up here. We don't have any refreshments. See, somebody gonna come up here and be like, I don't, what is this? I'm hungry, came up here to eat. Now we will work on them later <laughs> and tell them that's not why you came up here. You are hungry, you hungry for the word of God. So you're gonna be hungry today, sit down and we will feed you that, <laughs> right? No, we got to ease them into that, that's week two. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, there's an everlasting covenant that you are in. God has already made good with David. That worked out. And, and David gave you the example of just how he responded. He always leaned in, even when he did epic mistakes. He leaned in. I love that. We can learn that. Man, Israel, your day is coming. But man, right now, salvation is here. And if you have that, you can rejoice just simply in the fact that if you have it, so now, Lord, what do you want me to do? You turn my whole world upside down, right?
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, thank you so much just for today, Lord, and I pray that we would consider um, just what it is that you've been saying to us in terms of, Lord, you have eternally secured us. And Lord, at times we are perpetually insecure. And the two don't make sense together. And so, Father, will you just stop that uh, foolishness within us, that, Lord, that we could rejoice, that we would just get equipped, that we would be in your word here at church, just apart, enjoying each other's fellowship and encouraging each other, that we would be getting to the work. Father, help us not to forget all that you have done. You have done enough, and yet there are more things yet that you want to do. Lord, we don't deserve it. And Lord, if we're honest, sometimes we don't want it. Lord, help us with our unbelief. Lord, we need your mercy. And we know that it's there. It's right there. And so, Father, I pray for any, anybody in class that just may be wrestling with you on a matter, Lord, that they would just surrender themselves, humble themselves, and disagree with you. Um, and then, Lord, would you just move Move this class, move this church forward in steadfastness. Grow us up into the men and women that you will be pleased with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.